have you seen what's been going on with MMA's most hated individual, Dylan Danis? To me, I feel like there's a code, right? I even talked about this with Chael. Wives, kids, all of that is off limits, right? And here's right. why. Rap for me, Wade. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm here with Chris. This song's a diss. <laughs> we had uh, we had Muhammad Usman on last week. And he he took it from there. He's like, no, nah, I don't rap. And then he just started rapping. <laughs> like started throwing bars. Yeah, up. for like two minutes. I was like, oh, what shit. do you mean you don't rap? I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> um what's up? We got my man Wade Plam here, aka Donovan Steele. That's what I'm hearing, <laughs> right? <laughs> we did some research on you. Gotten, oh man, this thing has gotten <laughs> the claps on there for that. <laughs> this thing has gotten so big out of nowhere. I I truly never knew that movie was going to come out, but here we are, man. How long ago was that? Uh, 2016. I filmed that. Oh shit! No okay, way. in film yeah, school, dude. I was I was a young freaking testosteroneed up 23 year old just <laughs> trying to figure it out. You know what I mean? And and I did that, but yeah, that was uh, that was a little iffy for oh, sure. Oh yeah, we were watching the trailer before you jumped on. It was great. I was like, I'm going to call him Donovan Steele when he comes on. <laughs> Please don't watch any more than the trailer. It's bad. I'm telling you. Did it just bad. come out? It won some awards though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, Marina I Del Rey who... Film Festival. Come on, dude. <laughs> it's like the can of a uh, of a uh, you know South parking LA. lot. It's a freaking parking lot. Freaking fest. <laughs> I don't know, dude. I I knew that it was going to come out at some point when I heard. I think last year I heard them reaching out to other people. Like I'm still I still know like at least one of the actors that I was there with. And uh, he reached out to me. He goes, dude, this thing's coming out. <laughs> and I was like, no way. <laughs> uh, it was such a shitty, it was such a shitty movie. It was like, when they did it on like a four day shoot, we just, you know, he, the guy was like super adamant about it. And it was, I think I've got $1,200 to do the whole thing. I think that was what it was. Oh man. Yeah. If it makes you feel any better, I was in a girl's music video a long time ago. I don't remember her <laughs> name. Um, <clears throat> I got paid for it. Obviously they flew me to LA. And what remember, was the? What were you doing in the video? I was her boyfriend in the music video. Oh, word! Okay. Yeah. And I was like oh, I married at the time this. and stuff, and you know whatever. But <laughs> it was interesting because in LA, I went. I forget where this like the house was that it was shooting at. Yeah. And my manager told me, fight manager, right? But you yeah. know he, he lives in Southern California and everything, and he was like, "All right, well." He met me there, and he's like, "Here's the test of time." He picked me up from my hotel. We were going, and he goes right if we take a right off the highway it's mm -hmm. a porno he goes if we take a left it might be legit you're shooting <laughs> chatsworth <laughs> yeah that's where it's at yeah Listen, mine was mine was fucking toeing the line so fair play man i'm glad you at least just did a music video mine's awful yeah it was in a total porn house too for sure like all the <laughs> all the furniture had plastic on it and it was a very weird day i was in one day and out and the whole music video was shot in one day um i think I don't remember the girl's name or anything, but I think she had a very rich boyfriend or yeah, boyfriend who was funding the yeah, whole thing, yeah. which was funny because I was talking to him and I was like, oh, wait, you guys brought me in to be the boyfriend. Like, why don't you be the boyfriend? He's why like, nah. 
I ain't got the look, Chief. That's all you. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> I hope that she I, was in charge of casting. I don't know if it ever came out, and I hope it doesn't because it was. I didn't have to say anything really, but just like the motions and actions are very oh, cheesy, bro. You know I'm on the hunt now. Yeah. Yes. Now we got to find this. Thing. Oh man, his own Donovan Steele arc. That's what we need now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, don't fuck with me, Donovan. I'll pull up all the shit. <laughs> Anyways, we got my man Wade Plem here. So if you don't yes. know Wade Plem, you are. So we're going to call you the crossover announcer, right? Or, yes, or yes. Uh, not announcer. Um, crossover commentary. commentary. Yeah. yeah. Crossover yeah, yeah, commentary. Yeah, yeah. So I originally met Wade in London for Kingpin okay. for the um, the kickoff show. What do they call it? The little like... Uh, yeah, it was like their kickoff announcement oh, show. Or- Wade was hosting the the two fighters sitting across the table, huh? Yeah, so he did I all watched that. Those. Yep. So my man Wade here does a lot of the influencer boxing, so Misfits, Kingpin. Um, you work for DAZN. Who else do you work for right yes. now? Uh, right now it's DAZN. We'll see what happens with Bare Knuckle. Just got done with that one. Um, we're also doing the Creator Clash side of things. Um MVP, I'm doing their prospect series coming up this actually I leave tomorrow. Uh yeah, man. Just all over the place right now. I love it. I mean, yeah, that that's a cool gig because I'm not gonna lie, I know a lot of so my world, right? Like the grew up fighting and you know, doing all this stuff. And then the influencer boxing and all that came about just in the last few years, kind of, right? Yeah, yeah, 2018. I think it started tail end of 2017, but really took off 2018. Okay. Yeah, in my world, it was kind of like hated, right? Like, yeah. and and there's a reason it's hated. The reason it's hated, and I'll I'll just fully admit it, is kind of jealousy because the influencers started crossing over doing, like they have these massive followings and then they're like mm-hmm. going to fight each other. So they're automatically making way more money than like most of the UFC guys. I mean- from what I've heard, the guys on Kingpin, the the headliners of Kingpin, are making more than almost any UFC fighter I know. So that right there, it's it's more bitter and jealousy than anything. And then I started to get on board, right? I started yeah. to watch it more when Whitney fought for Kingpin. I started like researching it more, and I was kind of like, man, these are fun. These are entertaining. Like, Not every fight has to be for a belt, a world title, right. anything. I like fights that are entertaining. So I'm kind of more and more into it, but I still don't know that much about it. So that's why I was machine gunning questions at you <laughs> at bare knuckle last weekend in Albuquerque. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were like getting ready to go on, on camera. And I was like, Hey, I got a few questions. And I was like, boom, boom, <laughs> boom, boom. <laughs> Literally by, when I left talking to you, it was like, I got an ear. I had a little earpiece. They were like 30 seconds. <laughs> I was like, okay, <laughs> shit. I know Maddie. I apologized to him. I was like, sorry, I'm, I'm just machine gunning questions right now, but I don't know anything about this. I just watch it. No, I love it. I love it. Dude. We'll get you I on love the cast. New people get involved. Yeah. Facts. I mean, it's all entertainment, right? Like I'm fine with it. I have no problem with it other than jealousy. Like deep down. Yeah. I'm a little bit jealous. Yeah. Cause I'm like, man, I'm fighting killers. I wish Facts. I could fight like my, I wish I could fight Maddie for you know Dude, a million I, bag i think influ- <laughs> bag. influencers start fighting when they realized they couldn't make rap diss tracks that's when yeah, the, that was the fighting started actually true the diss tracks were awful and they still like depending on who it is they still make them but it's like you know those like old nursery rhymes and like the old like mother goose things where the like the ball is bouncing over the word underneath <laughs> yeah. like the song that's how they rap and it's it's brutal to listen to so they had to do something else 
I was excited to have you on though, because I have a million questions again. You're going to get tired oh. of me because ah, <laughs> I love talking about it. Well, I've become a fan. So I'm trying to piece it together now because mm -hmm. you know, I think what makes you more of a fan is knowing the backstory. It's just like WWE yes. and stuff. When you're like, the UFC is good at this. They can build characters where like, you know, their wife, their kids from seeing like their life at home to like the ring. So I'm super interested to like learn backstories and stuff, but kind of give me your backstory. Like how did you, how did this come about for you? How did you Bro, break into this world? I don't even know, man. It was crazy. So I don't know if you guys can see this. This is when we started the way concept. Okay. 2017. Very rustic. I started making content. Yeah, I got this actually. Shout out to Costa Mesa, uh, Orange County Fair. Guy made it for yeah, me. For like that's cool. Bucks. Yeah, dude. Um, I started this in. I was living in Orlando actually, which is fun. Fun fact because I get to go there tomorrow, and it's always full circle when I go back down there. But I was living down there. I was actually in training to become a pro wrestler at the time, which is hilarious. Really? Uh, yeah, man. I was down at a uh, Team 3D school. They're right there in, like, in between Kissimmee and Orlando. You got Bubba Ray, uh, Devon. They run the school, the, you know, Team 3D. Yeah, probably um, trained with the Yeti. He, I, don't, I don't know, man. There was a bunch of guys down there that are now, like even Billy Gunn um, and his son Austin were there at the time, and now Austin is on AEW TV, so... Anyway, I was down there doing that, and then I ended up tearing my bicep, and I was sitting there in my room. I'm like, bro, what am I going to do with my life? Like, this is not going to be it. I'm not doing it. And then the hurricane came through and took out the school. But long story short, I started the podcast to – I was such a big MMA fan. Um, I had become an MMA fan through the Daniel Cormier rise through the Strike Force tournament, um, and even you know the crossover from Brock Lesnar. I was a WWE guy, so watching Brock crossover and just – start winning belts was hilarious to me. Um, so yeah, I started just, you know what? I want to be a broadcaster. I never graduated college and I, I've always wanted to be a sports broadcaster. So I'm going to start doing this on my YouTube channel. And Chris, I started doing uh, three episodes a week of like live commentary and breakdowns. Just turn on the camera and go. There was no script. There was no nothing. And then when the fights would come around on Saturdays, the UFC fights, I would do from the, er you know, the early prelims. Yeah. Like, curtain jerking right i would start my live stream and do nine hours straight of live commentary where i am essentially john anik to my one fan or two people watching you know that's awesome uh, and that's what i would do man i did that for like <coughs> three years uh we were sitting on like 300 subscribers and just no one really paying attention for like three years and then a couple things happened one i got an, an opportunity to work at the nba summer league um, which is like where they send a lot of the rookies that are going to be in the NBA. We go to Vegas. I got an internship opportunity. Didn't get paid, but I drove the little, they were like, hey, it's this company out here in Costa Mesa. They're like, hey, if you drive the truck and you're willing to you know, work for free, then we'll do it. <laughs> they're like, right, you're in. Let's do it. But that's yeah. what it takes. No, I, I like this story. I'm, I don't want to cut you off. You can keep going. No, no. But it's like the drive. It's like the people that are willing to like put it all out there, go for it. It doesn't always make money, um, and, but it leads into something. So you had the foresight to know, like some experience. Yeah, go yeah, ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, no, no, you're good. I, I, dude, I out here in Orange County, I was working as a 24-hour fitness. You guys know 24. It's like a oh yeah, you know, they're open all the time. Uh, I was working at a desk attendant spot, like doing the graveyard shifts, and in the mornings, or I guess during the daytime, I was cleaning carts at the local. Where, you know where the they call the Orange County Housewives. There's yeah. a golf course out here that's like in that community. 
So I was cleaning carts and, and doing all the clubs and stuff and people throwing fucking clubs at you. And you're like, what the fuck? But <laughs> I was doing that. And then every Monday I would go to Los Angeles and I would like take 200 resumes and my resume was garbage, but I was just trying. I was like, I, I don't have this degree. I got to do something. So I was just going up to LA and sliding resumes under the door, at like Fox sports showtime. There was a day I don't, I've told this story before, but it's hilarious to me. There was a day where I found out showtime would be at Lincoln Memorial university in Los Angeles. And that they'd be doing like a career day. Obviously, I don't go to school there. So I had to like print out and like plastic freaking photocopy of a uh, student ID and snuck my way into this thing just to get my resume in front of Showtime. And then obviously when I got the resume, they were like, uh, you're 24. Yeah, no, this ain't going to work. You have no, like, <laughs> you have nothing on this resume. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, all right, whatever. But great. yeah, long story short on that, I, I, I did that for like a year to two years. I even met Brendan Schaub that way, funny enough. Um, I had like met him one day in LA and gave him my resume. Nothing came of it. But then finally I, I start working for another YouTube channel. So I've got the experience now working in sports broadcasting through the NBA summer league, started editing, you know, started cutting clips for them. So I started to understand a little bit more about the editing process production. Um, and then I start working for this YouTube company called G Minio. It's here in Irvine and it's like a video game company. Like, they were trying to do YouTube videos about video games and news and stuff. And this is before, anyway, was this before Twitch and stuff? Like I'm so, I'm yeah, such a yeah. noob on all that stuff. So, Maddie knows I mean, all this, but. <laughs> this is before, I mean, Twitch was around of course, but this is, this is before I had any experience with any of it. Right. So I get the job. I literally walk into the building. I'm like, I'm the man for the job. Cause they were looking for an editor and like this YouTube. And I'm like, Oh, I can do it all. Had no experience doing it, but I was just going to try, you know? And so I'm learning on the job. I become the editor for the channel, but I'm, they like me on camera, so they start using me on camera. And this channel, we grew it from 500 subscribers to 60,000 in six months. Wow. And I went, okay, something's working here. I'm doing something right. I'm learning to edit. I'm learning to make YouTube videos. And then, all the while continuing to work on my channel, I start noticing influencer boxing. And I'm noticing, this is around 2018, 2019, I'm noticing people are... are Either one of two ways, like you talked about. Either they're following their creator and have no idea what boxing or MMA or anything is. Or they're the people that are hardcores and they're making fun of it and they're like, look at these clowns. What are they doing? What was the first fight I, that you remembered, if I could cut you off? Or I like covered, when you started noticing it? I covered Logan and KSI 1, wow. the first one, in oh. 2018. Or 29, yeah, 2018. Um. And I remember I covered it because I had, you know, I had kind of known about Logan Paul a little bit just because, you know, he's had the controversies and stuff. But I just got interested in it because they were boxing. And my girlfriend at the time and I <laughs> drove to the Grand Canyon for like a, a romantic getaway weekend. I'm in the car having her hold the phone while I record a video about it. Like Man. two hours of me just talking about it. You know, she's like, so, this is so romantic. Yeah. She's like, okay, buddy probably why it's not the former girlfriend but <laughs> he said former um, i heard that <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah i started covering it and i started breaking down like again I, I have very limited combat experience like a couple of years of muay thai and then a couple of years of boxing training nothing where i'd ever competed outside of like some smokers here in orange county uh so i was like you know what i'm not able to like critique canelo on his box like well that's stupid but i can tell people what i know about introducing myself into the boxing realm like these guys are. So I started breaking down a little bit of their boxing technique. And I started to see people get interested in that. And because I wasn't making fun of it, but I was actually giving it some credence, 
that's where the build started. Um, and yeah, man, we just kept it going from there. That's kind of where I would say you hit it perfectly because not having combat experience, but you can, you know, enough to relay what's going on to like the new people that are coming in and everything like, right. Yeah. Because not everybody, I love Joe Rogan on commentary and the other guys that like the UFC has and stuff, but not everybody at home knows what you're talking about when you're like, Oh, he's setting up a Darce and, and they, they try to break it down a little bit, but you, I've, I've watched quite a few of your waycasts and, and those like followed along. I even watched your one from BKFC, um, when yeah. I got home, you do a good job of like breaking it down for like people that are new to it or whatever. Like, here's what's going on because being able, that's what will make you a fan is when you understand and you can talk people through it as it goes. Yeah. And I think you do a really good job of that. Appreciate that, man. Yeah. It's, it's something that I've, I've been able to hone my skills at just years of doing it, man. Like, like I said, I used to do those UFC ones for nine hours. It was like me and probably my mom on a different computer watching me. So I, it was just my, my time to get my reps, you know? Um, and then, so yeah, we, we started covering all these influencer fights and, and, Jake Paul's rise. I was one of the guys that was screaming from the rooftops that he was going to smoke Nate Robinson and people were laughing and like, nah, because again, the audience didn't really see where Jake was comparatively to an NBA athlete, right? A guy that was NBA level. He's this freak athlete. He's going to smoke this, this Disney kid. And I'm like, well, he's not because this guy's boxing and he's been boxing for two years and Nate's just walked into the sport. And sure enough, Jake left him flat. Um, and then I, I got a little bit of a, a like a massive boost from going back to my MMA roots and swearing that Ben Askren was going to beat Jake. Oh, really? <laughs> swearing up and down because I don't know if it was an emotional tie for me or I was just, like I said, maybe just blinded by my love for MMA that I couldn't see. And, and a lot of people and why people started watching Jake was they didn't want to see him beat their MMA legends, right? Yeah. And I don't so know. That's I mean, my thing. People might hate on me for that. I don't know that I'd consider Askren a legend. Um, he's a great wrestler for sure. Fantastic. When I, when I saw that fight, I, I won money on that. I bet – I won't say who I bet actually because he was slightly tie, tied into Tyron Woodley. But um, I bet on – or I'm sorry. We're talking about Askren first. I won money when yeah. Jake fought Tyron Woodley too. I bet on Jake. I bet on Jake both fights. Yeah. And it wasn't just like a – I watched Tyron Woodley one was never a boxer. His wrestling worked great and his striking was good because of his wrestling and because the right. fear of the takedown. So that's why he was good at just winging overhands. But yep. it was like pure boxing. I was like, he's not a boxer. Right. All of his knockouts come from people being worried about taking down. Now, Ben Askren, on the other hand, I, <laughs> I don't know him. I mean, he talked shit about me a long time ago, so maybe this is my chance back. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but when he, when I heard he was going to box, I was like, wait, who's Ben Askren going to box? Like, there's kids. Yeah. We have teenagers at my gym that would ruin Ben Askren. So I was like, man, this is like the perfect fight for Jake Paul to like come on and beat an MMA guy because right, he, right. he's got the worst hands in MMA ever, probably. Ever. 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 The big deal with me when I picked it, I was like, okay – Jake has only fought YouTubers and an NBA guy that had never boxed, and no one's put pressure on him. Like no one's really forced his hand off his back foot, really. You know, and no one's able, no one's been able to to work any kind of clinch range with him at all. Like super close. And I was like, okay, Ben, all he has to do is keep himself safe from an overhand. He'll be fine in the clinch. Like he'll rough the kid up, a little dirty boxing, some rabbit punches. Like 
cool. Nah, bro. When that happened, and I just watched him start Ben, it was like a shock reminder to be like, oh, yeah, no, this is completely different than anything that we've ever seen. And Jake has taken this so seriously that I stopped the betting against him. I was like, yeah, no. Jake's going to beat Tyron. And when he beat Tyron, I was like, okay, Jake's got a real shot here to beat Anderson Silva. Again, age, whatever. And I was like, okay, Jake's got a real shot. Even with this Tommy Fury fight, again, you're talking about a guy that's dedicated time to this. Jake might have a shot in the Tommy Fury fight. Obviously, it went the other way, but that's where I think the build started happening was the Jake Anderson, uh, or excuse me, Jake Ben Askren fight, and then all the little events that kind of came and spawned out of that. I'm sure you've seen there's been like a YouTube TikTok event. There's been Logan and Floyd. You know, KSI is back in doing it. So everyone started to come back into the scene, and it's just grown from there. So did it – okay. Yeah, this helps because – so it was kind of Jake that got this going. I didn't know if KSI was doing this before. I honestly had no idea who Jake Paul was until I heard about the boxing stuff. Not shitting on him. I just I was too old for Disney at that time. Yeah. Um, and I'm not on TikTok or I'm on TikTok, but I'm horrible at you're it. On it like but a, you're not. Yeah, I have like a hundred followers. Um <laughs> and like the same with the social media stuff. Like I don't follow a lot of the influencer stuff. And then yeah. KSI, I had no idea who he was or what he did. I still actually don't. I don't think I've ever watched one video of his. I, I know who he is now, but I right. don't know why he's famous. Um but so it was Jake KSI Paul that kind of is- kicked it off. Well, no, I would say, so Jake kind of expanded it to a different audience. KSI is the grandfather of this thing. KSI and, well, two other YouTubers that don't box anymore, Joe Weller and Theo Baker, kind of started it as like a goofy little video. But then KSI came off, boxed the guy Joe Weller in an actual match that he wasn't supposed to win. That and again, you're talking about a guy at the time that had 17 million YouTube subscribers. So the fan base is the big thing here, right? Yeah. So then he wins. Then he calls out Logan and Jake. Logan says, yes, they fight. Again, KSI is not supposed to win. Draws with him in the first one. They could do it in LA. They sell out Staples. Wow. And KSI beats him. I never even knew that happened. Yeah, yeah. So Logan had, I think he had, um, so as for his first fight, he had, you know, Milton, his coach now, but then he brought in Shannon Briggs for the second fight and still lost. Let's go, champ. And, uh, yeah, let's go, champ. That was one of the <laughs> most hilarious things. If you'll watch, Chris, you'll have to go back and watch the build-up to it. It's literally let's go, champ, every single second of Everywhere. the press conferences. Yeah. So that happens. KSI then leaves to go do some music stuff, yada, yada, and that was kind of the rise of Jake where he started to pinpoint, okay, I'm going to take it more professional. I'm going to you know fight these MMA guys, and that's what expanded the audience there. Then Logan came back in, did the Floyd thing, but then KSI came back three years later. Now it's this whole arc of KSI, Jake Paul. Are we going to get the fight? Aren't we? Type thing. And are they friends like behind the scenes? Or oh man, no. It, it's a weird thing though because KSI and Logan started out being kind of. It wasn't the same. Like they kind of didn't like each other, but it was more like competitive. I don't like you, and I'm just going to throw personal insults because that's what we do here. Type thing. With Jake and KSI, it is absolutely personal. I'm not sure what it stems from other than who wants to be the best in influencer boxing, but these two just don't like each other. More so, I would say KSI doesn't like Jake. Jake's kind of jealous too that his brother and KSI have a business together and Logan and That's Jake a big deal nothing. too. Yeah, Logan and KSI ended up starting Prime, which, you know, I'm sure you've seen competitors out there. Get yeah. them out of here, you know. <laughs> drink um, that shit. Drink Fitzo. <laughs> yeah, get it out of here, right? Um, but no, they they started that business. It's obviously doing crazy numbers because of their influence and and – X, Y, and Z, but 
there is this weird dynamic where Logan is in business and pretty good friends with KSI, knowing that Jake doesn't like him, knowing that Jake is wants to fight him, and that's his brother, and he doesn't really do any business with Jake. It's really it's an odd thing there. I've never understood it. It is super odd because like I was just talking about this today, actually, because like, you know, leading up to my fight and everything, it's like fighting is very personal. And it's yeah. for me, I'm like, if you're not with me, you're against me, kind of, right? There's neutral people. But right, if like you you're if if you're chiming in this and that, like you're against me, you're with me. Neutral people, fine, whatever. People that don't say anything. But yeah, that whole like if my brother was buddy buddy with my opponent and like we had ah. beef, I'm like what the fuck, fuck you know that, like dude. you're my brother yeah. like that is a it's strange odd, thing but i mean money talks too i guess i mean they're doing something dude. right yeah they've got like a billion uh valuation of a billion dollars in that business and i get it you know for logan he looks at this as mu very much like i'm doing my business i'm an individual we're still brothers but i still have my own life type thing it just so happens that the guy he's in business with is the dude that is again a mortal enemy so it's just it's a weird thing dude. yeah i wonder how that goes down at home because Logan and Jake are close. Am I wrong or no? Yeah, I would say they're, I mean, again, I, I don't know their family dynamics super close, but I know that they, if you just watched recently, they had this big, you know, airing out of their problems kind of on Logan's podcast, which again was weird. I don't know why that's not done. Logan hooked scenes. up with Jake's girlfriend one time too. They, yeah. There's been a, became there's been a, enemies yeah. for a little bit. I, see, I don't see any of this. I had no idea. Yeah. There's, there's a, a dude, there's a whole Phil backstory here. Yeah. You guys start watching Phil DeFranco for sure. <laughs> Drama um, alert. Drama, yeah, shout out Keem, man, drama alert. But there's just so much that's gone on with these two, and it's it's always come from like a competitive, when they both were really big on YouTube here in the States, they were, you know, the controversy drove views, so the lines kind of got blurred between what's real and what isn't, and I'm sure that was very complicated for them. And then, of course, like, you know, you guys talked about, there was the whole ex-girlfriend thing, which was weird, and then now it's more boxing and logan wants the same opponents jake wants and jake is like why would i like i'm the one that's fighting you're not even fighting what are you talking about so it's just a it they're they're close obviously they're brothers but there is a competitive almost to the point of crossing the line thing family-wise with them it's weird yeah that would be really hard to get past i don't know i'm just yeah. like a not a spiteful person but i'm a loyal person like even my best friends i'm like if you don't like them i don't like them like you got to be one of my yeah. close friends um and me to trust like your judgment but like if you're one of those close people to me and you're against somebody or they're against you then i'm against you too that's it that's yeah. old school thinking man that's the way it goes that's I, I i am in a weird like position too it's like where i'm good acquaintances with a lot of people but i can't really be like really good friends with people in this scene because i do have to tell the truth when it comes to a lot of the things i talk about or at least give an opinion on something so that might rub people the wrong way here and there but there's one guy that i just won't cross and i will not ever like i'm gonna be biased it's just is what it is and that's face sensei that's my that's my brother man i can't i can't not do it you know what i'm saying yeah absolutely that's my guy i mean i think that 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 speaks worlds to your character though because even you even publicly state that it's not like you're trying to like not state that but make it you know, less obvious. Yeah, no. Um, no, I always ride. He's the one guy I'll always, we doing what? Who said what? Okay, let's, you know, whatever it is, if him, 100%. Yeah, and I had to do some research on this, like, because I know you, but I, like, again, I don't know the whole, like, influencer scene, so I'm excited yeah. for this. Um, 
but I saw that, yeah, like there was an issue you had with KSI, right? Like, didn't he let you go from somewhere? And what yeah. I read was he said you were playing both sides. And when I read that instantly, I was like, but you're an analyst. You're yeah, not supposed yeah. to be on his side. So I right. kind of side with you on that. I don't know the backstory, but I can, we can, I don't mind talking about it. It was, it was super, super simple. I'll keep it short. It wasn't really even me and KSI having a problem. What happened was I was working, and this is something I'm learning to try to do better with now, but I was working alongside Misfits, obviously under DAZN, but working on their events, on Misfits events. And I still, on my channel, was very opinionated on things Misfits was was doing, right? I wasn't just like on board, like, yes, this is the greatest idea ever, you know? So, like, when they started doing tag team boxing, I, I had messaged one of the people over there privately and said, hey, I don't know about this, and until I get more information, I'm going to say exactly what I think about the idea of tag team boxing, the safety of it, you know, stuff that just jumps off the page immediately when you start talking about tag team boxing. But also, with that, I would have, you know, my opinions on who's the bigger draw or the pay-per-view sellability of KSI and Jake and that was end up being like the tipping off point, me being public about things that KSI thought I was being two-faced because I would say one thing in private and say one thing in public. The problem was I was saying the same thing in private as I was in public, and he was getting some some misinformation from people that were close to him. Like he had even gone on camera and flat out lied about the fact that him and I would talk about things off camera. I was like, dude, JJ, we don't, I don't, we don't even talk. What are you saying? <laughs> like, I don't even talk to you. And then so they, you know, he went off and they ended up letting part in ways with me. And I just dropped a video because I have to, at that point, I'm getting attacked by the biggest YouTuber in the UK. I dropped the video with the response, bring all the receipts, all the text messages out and just like, Hey man, this is what it is. And then we ended up having a talk and him and I are cool now. Like he was just very misinformed as to what was going on with, with all of it. But at the end of the day, I get where they were at because it's tough having a guy like me be commentating and presenting and be like on camera a lot for them and also off on my own channel being like you know i don't agree with certain things and this and that you know it's kind of tough i get that yeah totally i mean <clears throat> that can even not as much but closely relate to you know i've been with fight promotions before where yeah when you're doing a post-fight interview you're not going to shit on the promotion but then ask <laughs> right. privately you're kind of like well here's my real opinion even if it's not like even if you're not just like trashing them you're like, yeah. here's my real opinion. I didn't want to do it on their stage, their camera time, everything. When I'm right. at home and you ask me a question, like, here's what I really think. I can get yeah. behind that. And that's good to hear. You guys are good now. And I'm actually yeah. glad to hear because I don't know anything about these guys' personalities. Um, mm -hmm. But reading that, how he had you know, called you out and made this whole thing, which only helps you probably because... At the end of the day, yeah, it was a massive win for me, for sure. But I saw that he had apologized for it, and that's good because, I mean, yeah. yeah. As men, like, we make mistakes, and I think too many people are too prideful to ever say I'm sorry or be like, you know, yeah, I was misinformed. That goes a right. long way. Like, if somebody tells me that, like, if somebody hates on me and then they're like, I'm sorry, like, I got bad information or something, I'm like, right. no problem, man. Like, respect to you. Thank you for apologizing. We're good. Facts. No, that's, I think it was one of those things, like I said, it was a misunderstanding because I, I, I'll say this, I don't mind saying this publicly. Every time I've had an interaction with JJ, it's been limited. So KSI, um, he's always been super nice, super humble. Same with Jake, Jake Paul. He, he is one of the most humbled. I know, you know, he's done some shitty stuff and I was one of the biggest guys on YouTube calling him out for it, just hammering him back in the day. But 
when you meet him in person and you're seeing the development he's gone through, and I think boxing has really done it for him. Like combat sports has really humbled him. Um, these guys are for the most part, humble dudes. Like they're larger than life characters, but when you talk to them, they're, they're super humble guys. All right, real quick. I want to tell you about something that I absolutely love. And that is fit soda. Soda's great. Everyone loves to drink it, but it's not good for you. It's going to make you fat. It's going to get you obese. It's going to rot your teeth and cause all kinds of health problems along the way. Fit soda gives you all the pleasure of that beautiful, sparkling, tasty drink, but without all the negative side effects. Fit soda has zero calories. It's also a hydration drink. It is loaded with branch chain amino acids for recovery and electrolytes for hydration comes in four amazing flavors. You got the orange cream, you got the root beer float, you got the cherry cola and the sparkling citrus. By the way, guilt-free soda, zero calories, stick a little vodka in there. You got a delicious cocktail. It's a great mixer. I'm telling you, this stuff is fantastic. Stop drinking soda right now. Stop adding to that waistline. Stop rotting your teeth and causing all the internal problems that soda does cause. Fit soda, number one, is absolutely delicious and it's good for you. Yeah, there's a lot of humility in being like, public persona or competing because there's not many people that walk away without ever losing. So fighting has been the most humbling sport ever for me. That's why when people meet me, you know, like even my parents, friends or distant family or whatever, they're like, man, I, I didn't expect you to be so calm or whatever. They think you're like a pit bull. Like I'm going to walk in the room, find somebody and be like, I'm going to fuck you up, (laughs) you know? But really they're like, I've had people literally tell me this, like out having drinks. They're like, man, I figured you'd want to like fight everybody here. I was like, no, I get paid for this. Like, do you work on your off time? Like, I'm not like a super aggressive person where I just have to like find it. I'm like, it's a job. It pays. I enjoy it, but it's got to be the right person, money, all these things. So I can believe that they're fighters. Yeah. Even fighters are always like that though. Like every time I've met a, like a, just a legend in the game. I met Francis Ngannou. It's one of the nicest guys in the world. I talked for, for a little bit, like, those guys, like you said, have been humbled through sacrifice, through training, through losses, through wins, the highs and lows of this game. There, there's not anything like it. Like you can't tell me there's any other sport that you experience that sort of euphoria and just complete depths of hell. Like it's there's nothing like it. And not to mention, like, especially as a fighter or you know, football player, or whatever, you're not winning every day. You might be world champion, like you could be Khabib, who's undefeated, everything. There's somebody that probably whoops his ass sometimes in the gym. You're not mm-hmm. just walking through every day and being like, oh, I'm going to dominate everybody. Like, you don't get to be that great by not having people push you. So it yeah. is a humbling thing because if you're off your game or you get fucked up in practice, nobody should talk about practice. Some people do. But, yeah, it's a humbling thing because you know that, like, any given day somebody can beat your ass. That's what nice. I learned, you know. As a young kid, I thought I was like – the baddest dude ever and then you started training and stuff and getting fucked up every day and you're like okay maybe i'll tone it down a little yeah right <laughs> no i i've i've never obviously i've never been a, a combat sports athlete but even my limited training uh i've realized very quickly that you know i was a college football player i did all this stuff I'm like i'm a good athlete whatever and then i've got dudes that look like my little brother choking me to death and i'm like oh okay this is this is different like this is not just macho man time when you hit the mats like you're gonna get effed up if you don't exactly know what you're doing and you come in with an ego it's gonna be worse you know yeah totally you know i was gonna ask too well i mean i got a list of questions that's why my computer open right now um what did you think about so alan belcher crossing over from 
you know, longtime UFC veteran, BKFC heavyweight champion. He kind of went the other way to the influencer side. Uh, what were your thoughts on that? Because I like the idea of this. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, if it pays right, like, I would love to do these crossover things too. It's just, it yeah. makes it fun, entertaining. Like, is it going to go on like some boxing world championship? No, but it's entertaining right. and like it makes you want to watch. Yeah. What were your thoughts no, on I, that? I, I thought it was genius, man. I, I think that he, like, Alan will be remembered as the first guy to kind of maybe take that step and just like put his toe in the water. But I think it's going to open a lane for a lot of other guys, even like yourself. Like, the thing that's only the only thing that's different is the promotion itself. You're still fighting. Like Alan was still scheduled to fight Hasim Rahman Jr., which is a 12 and two professional boxer. Like, it, yeah, okay, it's not bare knuckle. There's not a title on the line, but it was still going to be a competitive fight. Now, unfortunately, Rock couldn't do it, and then he fought a guy named Chase Demore, who's in our scene. We call him the goat. Um, he is not an experienced boxer, though. But the the, the I don't only know difference if I would, is the promotion. I don't even know if I'd call him a boxer. It was, I saw him yeah, in he's, Albuquerque he's not, too. It was like, no, he's it's horrible. He's the same guy because I didn't know who that was either. And then I saw like because Alan and I are friends. Yeah, he's like, oh, I'm fighting this guy, and I was like, I looked him up, and I'm like, oh, that's the guy that they made like the clip of closing his eyes and swinging, and it was like when you lie on your resume, and that guy was like, I'm gonna murder you, like. I always wonder, I'm like, where do these guys get this like confidence? Cause like Alan's they, a killer. They truly don't care. That's what it is, Chris. They truly don't care. I don't think that the consequences of what they say even goes into their head because they look at it as completely different from what you guys do and what, you know, legitimate fighters do where something's on the line. I need to go in and back up what I say. And I, it's a prideful thing. Like a win is the goal. A loss is detrimental to them. Wins and losses don't matter. It's a view. They're trying to promote. That's it. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's a good, that's actually, that's a great analogy of it because I've been trying to wrap my head around it. I'm like, is this guy not terrified? <laughs> don't care. I mean, I, again, there's, there's that part of it too, where I don't think he even like in his mind considered what would happen if he really got fucked up. Like, they're just like, okay, let me just survive. If I can survive, then that's a win yeah. to them. It is, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's definitely what he was going for. And I think you're right yeah. because it hasn't happened yet. Now, if yeah. this continues long enough, it will. Like no influencer Which, I don't that I know of, maybe you can correct me, has had no. a broken orbital, um, been knocked out a scary amount of time where they're still in the ring and the ambulance comes mm -hmm. in, broken legs, broken arms. Like nothing serious yeah. has happened yet, right? That's true. And that's a good point. Like one, the Belcher and Chase Demore fight <laughs> should not have happened. They're wearing six gloves gonna, too. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that we're going to get anything like that if, if there's going to be more legitimate fighters crossover. Like, there's a pro tournament planned on Misfits where they're going to have a bunch of pros from different scenes like Bare Knuckle. I've heard Mike Perry's name be thrown out, MVP, um, some other boxers competing. But that is a good point. We haven't had a real scary, like, knockout, like you said, broken orbital, one of those freak things that can happen in fighting to where it's like a realization moment for the influencers like this is still fighting and this is still the dangerous most dangerous sport in the world yeah we haven't seen that yet so we'll see how the the community really does when that stuff happens because i keep trying to put it in their heads i'm like hey this is still fighting this is still super dangerous but we haven't seen it play out yet so everybody kind of like puts it to the side like yeah 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 i want to see my influencer fight you know what i mean yeah i mean as long as it's boxing i i would say that that's less likely but yeah if you get into like 
influencer crossover MMA and stuff where like knees, elbows, but even Bryce Hall and bare knuckle and I'll give him props. Like he looked great. I told him afterwards cause I didn't talk a bunch of shit about him, even though right. I was cornering G and me cornering G was more of like a promo thing. I'd never trained mm -hmm. with him or anything. He, he'd been my cut man before. Um, but I said, every time they asked me, I'm like, man, I think it's a horrible idea. Cause like, this isn't a game and like bare knuckle too. Like you get ripped open. I think Bryce did get cut. If I remember, right. yeah. I don't know how bad it was. I don't think I saw him get stitched up, but you know, that's where orbitals get broken. That's where noses get shattered or even like an eye poke, you know, you go blind, like that yeah. will change your perception for the influencers being like, okay, this isn't a joke anymore. I mean, Bisbing lost an eye. Yeah, no. And that it's that exact reason why I doubt we'll ever see anybody do what Bryce just did again in influencer land or influencer MMA. I, I would say the percentage chance that we actually have an influencer MMA match outside of a guy like Logan Paul, who has, I think, more of a skill set to do it, is almost zero. There is no one, there's no risk, there's no reason, I should say, to risk that for those guys. Like, no amount of money is, like, worth that risk to them. Yeah, I actually thought, even leading up before the fight happened, I thought Nate versus Jake, they would double up and go uh, Nate versus Jake in MMA, Logan versus Nick in MMA. And I know that Jake does, Jake does want to do that. Fair play to him. So it, it, I shouldn't just say Logan. Jake wants to do MMA as well. Yeah. I think if anybody could do it, they would, um, they have got that yeah. wrestling experience and stuff, but yeah, I, I actually, again, I really like, it makes it fun for me. Like it's kind of refreshing. I'm, I'm not the norm as far as like the MMA community or the longtime combat sports community. But to me, right. I'm like, you know, even when I go to the gym and I talk about the fights, everybody's like, man, fuck those guys, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, it's actually great for the sport, though. These guys Massive. that are fighting them are getting paid. Nate wasn't upset after the fight, losing, whatever. Oh, no. I don't know, you know what he said, made, but. Well, they, did you hear? I don't know where the quote came from. Someone said. 20 million, Nate I think. had made more in that fight than he made in his UFC career. Yeah, I just saw something yesterday. Somebody said 20 million is the rumored number. Same, And you're talking about a guy that sold, what? Three, two out of the top five or six UFC pay-per-views ever. Yeah. Insane, dude. And that's, that's like you said, it massively helps out the sport. And you're already seeing guys from the MMA scene kind of peek their eye over and wait, what is it? What's going on over there for, for how much money? Oh, bet. Okay. Let me get out of this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's, totally. That's starting to happen. I mean, you're starting to, like you even, you know, that, uh, when Alan Belcher fought, uh, Lorenzo Hunt, my next opponent, he went out there, yep. um, Another guy, what's his name? Uh, Jake Boswick. Yeah. He went out there. Um, the, the guys are interested. The thing that throws me off is like they're, they, they're trying to be extra gimmicky to be in there. But I think people want to see like the real lifelong fighter against the gimmick character. Every, like let them yeah. be the character. Maybe I'm wrong, but I'm not one to like change my personality and everything. And I don't know. I, but what I think, think it makes. I did it. Did you see the interview I did with Lorenzo? I did. I watched a little bit of it. What'd you think, man? Lorenzo, I've never heard him. I've never, I didn't know he had, I didn't know he could talk like that. Like he, he had a little bit of promo skill. No, yeah, he does, man. He, he's great at promo. I think, uh, I think he's done a lot for Bare Knuckle, honestly. Like I said, I don't need to shit on him. We're still going to fight. Yeah, yeah. No matter what I say, we're still going to fight. So it's not like <laughs> I have to, you know, talk about how I don't think he sucks. I don't have to talk about all that, right, you right. know? He's a good fighter. 
He's great at promos. Um, and I think that he really helped build bare knuckle. Yeah. You know, big time. I would say he's the face of it. You got guys like Luis Palomino, who's longtime champion, double champion in BKFC. He's just not as, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Exaggerated. Marketable. Uh, no, he's marketable, but he's not like over the top, like pro wrestling style. Yeah, exactly. yeah, extravagant. That's what I was looking for. The Chael yeah, Sonnen, yeah. the original Chael OG Sonnen, yeah. of MMA shit talking. He's the man. You know, I'm, I met Chael in Dallas at Jake's fight. Oh, okay. Yeah. Chael's great, so man. Cool. He's one of my longtime friends. So I used to go stay with him at his house for camps. Uh, okay. When he fought Anderson Silva and stuff. I was his sparring partner for Heck yeah, a decent amount of fights. Great. Like the nicest dude ever. Him on I camera. Swear. I mean, I think this is well known now. Otherwise, he wouldn't yeah. want me talking about this. But him on camera and off camera are two completely different people. It's a character. Yep. And he plays it so well, man. He does. But uh mike perry's another guy that's really taken bkfc and and gotten some more eyes on it just because he's there's no one like mike perry like he's just a is an own like a he's like an enigma in a different way he doesn't necessarily have like the gift of gab but it's almost the opposite where you're just tuned in to hear what he'll say and it's just completely off the wall type thing kind of like mike tyson mike tyson yeah, back in yeah. the day where you're like this guy is crazy and like he, Mike Tyson, a lot of he's pretty well spoken now. Like, great at giving yeah. speeches and everything. But if you watch back in the day, it was like, you know, you go back to the, like, I'm gonna eat your children. I'm gonna do all this Crazy. stuff. Like, just off the wall. Like he didn't care. Crazy. And that's Mike Perry. And I think people like kind of resonate with it. Like he's being real. Yeah, I don't. I don't know him, him super well personally, but yeah. I mean, he. All my experiences with him, he was the same as he is there. Like that is him. Yeah. I wanted to, I wanted to ask you I wanted to ask you a question because Mike and even you talking about uh, Mike Tyson it brought up a thought. Have you seen what's been going on with MMA's most hated individual, Dylan Dennis? Yeah, we were just talking about that, right? Yeah, a little bit. Go ahead, like what chime you, in. What do you? I was gonna say, what do you think about that man? He is promoting here's, in a way that not a lot of people are. Here's what I think. Actually, this is like to me, <laughs> and I've discussed this with. A lot of people over the years, like to me, I feel like there's a code, right? Mm -hmm. Promotional wise. I even talked about this with Chael. You can promote the fight, do everything, but I've always thought, and maybe this will get used against me, but family, wives, kids, all of that is off limits, right? And here's right. why. My mom hates that I fight. Like she's my biggest fan, but she doesn't enjoy it, right? Right. She didn't ask for me to do this. She can say she doesn't want me to do it all she wants, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to do it. So your family doesn't really ask for this. A lot of them don't want to be in the spotlight. Like I know fighters, wives, like world champions and stuff, their wives don't really want to be on camera. Any, they don't want yep. any part of it. And I just think that that like crosses the line when you start talking about, I don't care if it's fiance, girlfriend, wife, whoever, kids, right. those people, because they didn't choose this life you did. And that's yeah. not really fair to them. Fair. Now no, I, I, yeah, it gets eyeballs, but I just think that that's like a very low move. And I think that that takes it beyond like, for me, like we're not fighting in a ring anymore. Like I might come find you facts <laughs> or I'll pay somebody to come find you one of them, but because that's a whole different thing and it, it's just fucked up to me. I hate it. I, no, I, I highly I disagree with, with it. I agree with you. It, it's not something that I will ever condone watching it happen. 
Now, do you like? Do I think that they should pull his fight because of it? I don't. I don't know. Like they're gonna go fight. That's that's supposed to be where you settle it, I assume. But he comes from that tree of Conor McGregor, man, and Conor has no. It seems like no bounds when he promotes either. Like that Habib buildup was dark, dude. What part was dark? dark? Well, he kept going after Habib's manager's family, asking him where his kids were. He talked about Habib's ties to like Russian governments and how if he didn't make weight, he better not go back in the country. Called his wife certain names, like it was. It got it got pretty rough. I disagree with the wife. So I actually know Ali. And I even I think he even tried to serve him alcohol, knowing Habib's like a devout Muslim. He's like, yeah, have a little sippy, have a little bit of this sippy. You know, he was just like. Doing whatever, you know. See, that's not crossing the line to me because it's too Khabib himself, right? Yeah, um, no. If you direct it at him, then fair play. And Ali, the manager, I, I know him. I don't have a problem with that because Ali also is very outspoken, like puts himself yeah. in the game. Like if you put yourself in the game, all right. I would right. put it like this, like gang violence. If you're in the gang, okay. if you're in a gang, violence happens, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's when the kid that's playing out front gets shot in a drive-by. They weren't even part of it. That's kind of right. how I look at it, right? Like, that is terrible. Yeah. But if you're in a gang and you get hit in a drive-by or whatever, like, that's part of the game, right? Like, that's part of the life. You chose that yeah. life. You chose it. Thanks. So Thanks. that's kind of how I see it. Thanks. No, I, I agree with that. Do you, think, uh, do you think Dylan has a shot in that fight? You know, I don't know. I haven't even seen him fight a ton. It's funny because yeah, he hasn't fought a while. I I know he was with Bellator. I maybe saw some of his fights. He's he's good at jiu-jitsu. Yeah, um, super good. Yeah, he's good at jiu-jitsu. I wouldn't say he's a great, but he's good. Like he's got the credentials. Yeah. Now, boxing wise, I have no idea. Um that one's up there. I think that yeah, he's they're probably gonna get the numbers they want, maybe. But yeah, yeah for me, like that's just a that's like a no-fly zone. It, I just no-no. Yeah, because at the end of the day, like I've had beefs with opponents and stuff before, but also met their families and stuff. Yeah, and I could never imagine talking shit to people that have nothing to do with this or whatever. You know, right. even at, before, after any of it. Right. You know, because at the Not end of the fair. day, everybody's the hero in their family, and they have you know, of course, everybody has yeah. a different perspective of that person. Their perspective might not be mine, but their family's close to them. They're probably very loving family member and take care of their family and do all these things. We all have our own reason for fighting and doing that. And I just like outside people to me is not, um, I don't like it. Fair. That's fair. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Like I said, I, I don't think they should pull his fight because there was rumors of the fight being pulled. And then Logan was trying to like hit him with a defamation suit. I don't think the fight should be pulled because it's like, I mean, it's kind of the same thing you said, but the opposite way. Like Logan understood what he was signing up for with Dylan. Dylan's done this before, um, but maybe not as badly as he's done it to, to Logan. But I, I agree with you. It's not something I condone. I've always hated it. It does like the most cheap pop, like for the wrestling fans out there. It's a cheap pop. It's the easy go to, right? If you're going to like do the lowest form of promotion, it's just like hit super personal. And it's like not even, it doesn't even take any effort. It's just like, okay, all right, dude, you know? Yeah, because it's, you know, 
you, what, you're going to try to like shake hands after the fight and everything. Like to me, like can't. I might beat you in the ring and I'm going to wait for you in the parking lot too. And nobody's around. Like <laughs> you can't at that point. Now it's just way too personal. Like you can't just drop those things, you know? Yeah. If you disappear, don't look at me. <laughs> <laughs> I just think, yeah, it's real low, man. I hate it. Like it is. I can, is. I don't want to condone it. I mean, if you choose to do it, I guess you choose to do it. But for me, Better that's just the like, consequences that come with it. That's the thing too. Yeah, and sometimes people yeah. think that just losing a fight is the consequence, and it's not. Thanks. So Thanks. tell me, switching gear, I guess not switching gears really, but you kind of explained it to me when I was taking up all your time before jumping on camera at BKFC. Yeah, yeah. I was asking you, you know, about Mams, is it Mams Taylor? Mams, Mams Taylor. Because yeah, he's yeah. a big name in the influencer thing, um, I, but I had no idea. Like, I hear the name everywhere, but know nothing about him, and Happy Punch yeah. and... Can you kind of right. break those down? Because I think a lot of yeah. my listeners are like the hardcore, like UFC and Bellator and stuff. And maybe this right. will bring some more light to like some of those promotions too. Right. So the way that Mams Taylor got into this scene, he is, well, he was and still is KSI's music manager. So what happened was KSI, you know, wanted to embark on some of the music after he did the, the fight with Logan in, in L.A., he went and did like three years of just music collabing, Lil Wayne, Trippy Red, all these different, you know, artists. And Mams was a pretty big name in the music industry as far as managing, managed a couple of, of singers and, and whatnot. But then as KSI wanted to come back into the boxing realm, he was smart enough to understand we're going to need a broadcast partner here because every time that they've tried this before, it's usually not going to work when you try to run independent and people get paid, yada, yada. It's always a mess. So they got in touch with Callie Sauerland, who is Wasserman's Boxing's, uh, I think, CEO, president. And also he had ties to the zone. So MAMS just decided, okay, with KSI and Callie, we're going to start this boxing company called Misfits Boxing. So those three are the co-co-co-founders, right? Um, KSI is a co-founder, and I think he's part of the decision-making in some way, but it's usually MAMS, who is his manager and now also co-owner or co-founder of Misfits. Um, and he's also the booker. So he runs the shows. He, he books the fights. Um, he matchmakes. He's, promoting. he's the matchmaker as well. Oh, wow. So he does have some help, and that's kind of where Happy Punch comes in. So Happy Punch is, they call themselves a promotion, but they, they, they're not exactly a promotion. They're more of a talent management company. That and It's weird how it works because they don't actually get paid a percentage from fighters. That's the so kind of manager like, I want. There you go, right? You might have to hit up. So <laughs> One I don't have so, to pay. <laughs> so they don't actually take any money, but I do think they get a kickback from the promotion, from Misfits or DAZN or somebody to help, you know, match make and also provide fighters under that happy punch. Like essentially they're just providing fighters a spotlight, right? To get on these shows, to get them, you know, more clicks on their YouTube, on their Twitter. They just promote their fighters, but they're not exactly a promotion. But Keemstar runs Happy Punch. I don't know if you've seen Keemstar Drama Alert. We talked about it a second ago. So I've heard the name uh, a lot, and yeah, I don't know. He, you'll you'll probably see him more the more you're around this scene. He's, he looks he's like a little troll. Beard. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's Is got he the small? Long beard. I don't know if I I've seen like a small yeah profile picture, but I I don't think I would know him if he walked in here right now. Like I wouldn't be like he, oh that's or normal average size dude. You know, probably like five nine, five eight. You know, just kind of walking around doing his thing, but. He's a very big online presence for that that channel Drama Alert, right? He used to cover a lot of the drama in the YouTube scene, and it was almost like a news channel for drama in YouTube. But he saw what I saw 
in the influencer boxing scene way even before I did. Like he had gone to all the events, he had tried to promote them on the Drama Alert channel. So he just decided, okay, I'm going to make this thing happy punch with another individual that I don't think is any longer a part of it. But Keem essentially has signed, when I say signed, again, just brought these guys over to happy punch like Assault Poppy, like a Haseem Rahman Jr., like a Dean the Great, all these influencer boxers. And he helps put them on the cards and also helps Mams with the matchmaking of those cards. So okay. that's kind of how that, that relationship goes. Got you. Did Keem start it with Fousey? Is that who he started yeah, with it was, Yeah, it was Fousey, yeah. And yeah, there's yeah. drama so, going on right now about that too. Yeah, man, that's a whole thing too right now is is Fousey was one of the co-founders of Happy Punch. I don't know if you know who Fousey Tube is, Chris. He was a, another OG YouTuber. This is the first time I've known more about the fighters in the podcast and Kamozi. I know you're killing it, dog. I, dude, this on. is my life. I only knew killing it. I only know who that guy Fusi is from the the um, Jake Paul Nate fight. He was doing something on the yeah. mic, right? Because I I never seen that guy in my life. Um, but go so, ahead. Yeah, no he he started it with Keemstar, um, and Yusuf is his name. But Fusi had you know bouts of you know some anxiety like and, and taking some time away. Yeah. Like having some, some, you know, issues with manic stuff and, and taking some time away from the scene. And then he actually fought on one of the cards. Oh, wow. But the whole time, um, Keem is kind of running the business by himself, or at least that's what it's, you know, that's what's said. So ends up, they have this big falling out. Keem ends up, you know, taking over most of the company or, or buying Yusuf out of his shares of the company. And then there's now, Fousey wants to start his own promotion and it's it's a whole thing. But essentially, without all the drama, Keem runs a promotion where he brings fighters to MAMS and MAMS and Callie Sauerland and you know whoever else is doing the matchmaking go, okay, here's where we can place them on the card. Here's good matchups, and they figure it out from there. Interesting. Yeah. No, you're this is great. Cause you were breaking it all down like feel like I should title this like so you're interested in influencer boxing and don't know where to start yeah. you know <laughs> yeah yeah exactly because this is super helpful because like yeah who are these people like yeah you see they yeah. have a presence and everything but like what part do they play I had no idea yeah um yeah you did creator it's clash also place, yeah I did creator clash that one that the one was my one? baby man I did the first and the second one okay yeah I like those this the second one kind of is having some falling out now too yeah, there's yeah. a lot around but, that, but I I think career class is great. I I fucking love iDubs. Yeah, it's fantastic, man. That oddly enough, that one's the one I'll, I'll always keep in my head. So for context, I was supposed to do uh, an event called Showstar. It was going to be my first time ever doing commentary. Um, turned out I ended up having a blood clot in my leg and couldn't do it. Couldn't get on a plane. Oh man. Um. Yeah, it was after surgery. It was one of those things. I was sitting at my desk all day, every day, just trying to work, and then I didn't wasn't moving, and boom, got a blood clot. But um, it was kind of one of those things that ended up working out better because then here came this thing called Creator Clash, and it was uh, Idubs and uh, his wife putting on an event in um, Tampa, yeah, Florida, Florida, at USF, um, ten thousand seat arena. All these different creators from, you talked about Twitch earlier, Chris. It, it was like Twitch, YouTube, some of these, like all these different uh, platforms coming together to box. Similar to what you'll see in influencer boxing on Misfits, but almost a little bit more of the influencer side. It was more like, like niche. YouTube, Twitch, niche. Yeah, perfect. Niche is, the, is the, the perfect word for it. So mind you, this is my first ever broadcast 
that I was going to do. I'm play-by-play. And I'm not even necessarily the biggest fan of doing play-by-play, but I understand that's probably where I'm going to have to be. But <laughs> we do the event, and Chris, you'll, you'll be able to speak to this more. There's rarely any time where the entire arena is filled up before the first fight goes on. Never. This was 10,000 sitting, waiting on that first fight because every fight to them is their main event. They Some people come for the first fight on the card because that's their favorite YouTuber. You know that's what I'm saying? insane, yeah. That's awesome. So it was 10,000 sitting there, and here I am, my first ever play-by-play, you know, <laughs> play, and we're running ads, and we're doing the whole thing. I got reads, and it was just... It was, you know, put up or shut up time and we just went and it went off beautifully and we had like a bunch of knockouts and it was just, it was fantastic, right? Uh, so that one's one that'll always live in my head to be like, what a moment, what a night, you know what I mean? And I so that, that one was fun. The uh, influencer boxing kind of went more viral with that fight too because Rowan was talking about it because he, <laughs> yeah. he mistook dad fighting uh, the other opponent as his son. So oh, yeah, there yeah, was a fight. I did see that. It I was got crater go clashes, and then like the epic mealtime so guy fought. It was sick. Yeah, yeah. So there's a there's a creator named his creator name is Dad, right? Dad. And essentially, his whole gimmick is like he's a he's like a, a robot, like Dad bot, like shows love to his community, to his children. It's 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 super weird, but I know the guy. He's a great dude. But he was fighting a guy named Matt Watson. So it's Dad versus Matt Watson, and somehow it got on Rogan's show a year after it happened. And Rogan was like super upset. He's like, I can't believe this guy, Why this would you dad, would your punch son his like son. That? He legit thought it was his son he was fighting. Oh man! And uh, and dad was teeing off on Matt, like just hammers. He's lefties, a southpaw. So it was just left hands, the body upstairs, just boom. And uh, it was just funny to watch. I man. did it see was the hilarious. I did see the clips off it. That's the thing. Some of these names, man, like I can't bring myself. Like if I saw him, I, I'm not calling you dad. Like you're not my dad. <laughs> Salt Poppy. Um, like yeah, it's, Salt it's, Poppy. I mean, Poppy. Star Killer. You know, it's like I'm Star like, Killer. I'm a big yeah. H3 guy too. So I was pulling okay, for him. Word, word. Even Star AD's Killer. Like, I could maybe call you Star Killer, but like Salt Poppy, um, King Kenny, King Dean Kenny, the Great. Yeah. Like I'm not calling you that. Like I'll call you Kenny. I'll call you Dean. <laughs> I don't know. It just feels weird. But Thanks. speaking Kamosi of... Kamosi doesn't have a nickname. He's <laughs> yeah, I need a nickname. Like, dude, dude. Killer Chris Kamosi. Would you guys Come call on. me Killer Chris? <laughs> I that, would. That'd be fire. Isn't that a guy from Run the Jewels, though? I don't think I could steal it's that. Killer Mike. Oh, Killer Mike. We could be boys, go. though. There um, you go. The killers. Speaking of, I might have this wrong, but Dean the Great. Okay, I'll say it right mm -hmm. now. Um, mm -hmm. he was on that Belcher card because I watched that whole card through, which is one of the first Misfits ones I've watched all the way through. Right. That kid is good, right? It, Fantastic, he, yeah. He's smaller, right? Probably like 130 pounds. Um, yeah, yeah, around that, around that. He was a good boxer. I remember I looked at Whitney and I'm like, this kid can box. Like, Yeah, so there's there's that. It's kind of weird too because there's that kind of the community where even Saul Poppy um, and there's other guys that are not the biggest on the content creation side but are actually talented like martial artists and boxers like Dean people don't know Dean's actually a pretty decent wrestler too like he wrestled all through high school did some state wrestling in Florida but then he started boxing his whole journey's pretty dope he started boxing in the streets of Tampa and making videos on it and um, he was actually the first signee for Happy Punch he was the first guy that kind of plucked up because he was making YouTube videos of the little street fight stuff and then then he actually got in a real gym and started really training. Like he was out in Los Angeles. Uh, he was at Jackrabbit Boxing where Ashton Silve, you know, one of Jake's yeah. signees on, on MVP. He trains out there. I think he now is training with, uh, what is, who is he with? 
he's at Brickhouse Boxing over there um, in Los Angeles. So he's training out there with all tons of guys. Um, but he's he's legitimately a good boxer, like fantastic good. Like that's why he's holding the belt. He's the best one in that scene right now. Yeah, he had great head movement, and everything. And that's what I was going to ask you is like, if you had to name five of the top like influencers that are boxers. Yeah. And, and I don't, I'm sure you could name five cause you know them all, but who would you say yeah. those are as far as like boxing skill? Dean is up there for sure. Um, there's a guy, I mean, it, honestly, there's a lot of them in that little weight class. Dean is good. There's a guy named uh Yuddy gang. <laughs> Yeti, I know the names are going to kill you. Yeti gang. Yuddy gang, Yuddy gang TV. He's really good. Um, just again, in that same division, Waleed, uh, Waleed sharks. He's really good. A, a former golden gloves, amateur, did he do the um, tag team with Dean? He was in the tag team. He was Dean's teammate. Okay, yeah. Both those guys were good. Yeah. And and the guy that kind of had to stay in the whole time because the other dude got the shoulder injury, that's Yuddy Gang. Okay, yeah. He was good too. All right. I remember See now. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. So these guys. Gang, gang. Um, there's a guy named... <laughs> <laughs> there's a guy named Uncle Pizza, which is... I don't even know why they did that. That's a man's creation, by the way. That's his, that's his baby. Uncle but, Pizza. His name is Chris, and he's a very good boxer as well. He's yet to really, like, people haven't got eyes on him, but I'd say those guys are all good. Um, I'd say Salt Poppy has real natural skill. He's only been doing this a couple of years. Um, Keaton Kenny is another guy that he's training with pro boxers in his gym. Yeah, his and brother, right? Taking it ser- yeah, Daily Paralysis is a, is a pro coach up and coming in the UK. The guys that are taking it that serious are some of the best. A Nissan Gibb, Jake, um, even, you know, KSI takes it seriously. He's in shoot fighter gym, but technique wise, I would say Jake, Dean, Kenny, um, Poppy, a guy named Slim. Very good. Um, I'm sure I'm going to miss out on somebody and someone's going to roast me for it, but no, all these just, guys that take it seriously. Yeah. Like I said, I think that like my fan base would be a little bit crossover. So these are people that they could look up that were like, yeah. you know, we don't want to send oh, somebody well, to look up. I'm not even mentioning, by the way. I'm not even mentioning my boy Face Sensei. If he decided he wanted to do it and continue doing it, he's the most talented guy there is. Really? By far. Yeah. I'll have to by look far. him up because, yeah, he's a great dude. Yeah, I was dude, thinking when you, of... When you train with him, when we actually get a session in, you'll be like, oh, yeah, no, this guy's crazy good. There's so many people out there like that that don't necessarily compete that are great. And that's why I was thinking if I had you list off a few and you're yeah. interested in this and you're listening, you can look them up because I don't want to send you to look up, you know, just somebody who's horrible and then you're like oh right. it's trash like i thought right, um, right but yeah there there's quite a few out there that are good and i really like i've said this on the podcast numerous times because we've talked about influencer boxing my yeah. thing is if they take it serious and like actually go for it i'm all about it yeah i don't like the ones that just jump in and be like you know the chase to more guy strikes me say, he strikes me as that i don't know him he strikes me as that though. Like, does he train every day? Probably not. He's so bad. It doesn't look like he's ever trained. Um, <laughs> he just started. I, I know he just started being more consistent. He's also up at Brickhouse Boxing with Brian Valoria and those guys. So he's getting it now. And I think he's even being trained by Malik Scott okay. right now. So he's trying now, but I think he's just now starting to take it more seriously. Yeah. And like Kenny from Kingpin, King Kenny, I'll say the names. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, looked amazing. Like his last yeah. fight, I was like, holy shit, this dude can box, like head movement rolling. He was even showboating in there. Like he looked sharp. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he's, that's he's fantastic. That's what I like. Cause like, to me, it's not a game. Like I spent my life doing this. So as long as I see people take it serious, I'm like all for it. You know, I don't, I don't care. Like I, I root for you, you know? Yeah. So it's been a lot of fun to 
kind of get into this like something new where i'm like researching looking these guys up and it's because i already know most of the guys in the ufc and i know about them of course so now this is like a whole nother pool to go over to yeah heck yeah what was your thought on bare knuckle that was your first event it, going to yeah no i loved it i loved it i thought it was I thought it was great. I thought the action was high tempo. I thought the production was really well done. They I was surprised at how how real like how good it's like a music they, festival. Yeah. And it's like they get it too. They get what their I don't want to say niche, but they get what their thing is, right? And they really lean into it. And I, I enjoyed that very, very much because I think some people can get caught up with let's look like this company, let's let's take what they're doing and, and just copy and paste it over to what we're doing. Bare Knuckles done their own thing now. And I love it. I loved the Wade cast. They had it like all set up and they had me in the little corner it was perfect man like they're they're trying new things and they're jumping out of just conventional combat sports because they're not a conventional combat sport and they're it's working for them so i, I thought it was really really well done yeah you were right next to me when i was in the corner and i actually <laughs> when um bryce dropped g like pretty quick into the first round and you stood up and were screaming you were like you know two <laughs> feet from me and it was nuts because I was like, holy shit, did that just happen? Like, Dude, I don't know if anyone expected that. I mean, fair play to Bryce. Like, He was obviously a little bit bigger, was able to kind of blitz G and, and catch him in the in-between, but I was losing my mind. And I think that's one of the things, too, that goes so well for, for Bare Knuckle, and I think that's why it was such a good marriage bringing me in for it. Those moments, they happen in MMA, of course, and they're big shocks, but... Those just chaos in the middle of the fire exchanges, something going crazy. That stuff is so unique to bare knuckle, and that's why I was losing my mind almost every fight. Yeah, bare knuckle it like almost doesn't matter. It matters how good you are, right? I don't want to say it doesn't matter, but it can change on like one punch, flip of the dime. Like MMA is like that too, but there's a lot of different skills involved. You know, takedowns. Right. Um, the cage is bigger. There's, you know, clinching. There's there's so many things that you can, like, slow it down with. And bare knuckle, it's just, like, one punch can either rip you apart, like, stitches all the way across your face, or knock you out. And even yeah. if, you know, you take certain guys, we use Chase Demore again, he closes his eyes and swing a punch, and who knows? He could knock you out. Um, it's pretty nuts. So, yeah, I was interested yeah. in your take on that. My last question kind okay. of about the influencer stuff, because I don't want to take too much of your time. Haseem... Rahman Jr. Yes. Boxer, influencer, what's the deal? Boxer by trade. Um, got into the sport a little bit late. Obviously, people know Rock Sr., uh, yeah. heavyweight, two-time heavyweight champion of the world. Um, you know, Haseem played some football in his younger days, then started boxing a little bit later on. Um, he actually has, it's weird how it works out. It's the younger brother of Rock Sr., Moose and Kaysen, um, he's another pro boxer undefeated, but he's actually around the same age as rock. So he's like, he's his uncle, but he's like, it's the same. It's weird, but they are both started a little bit later in the, in the boxings, but they're both, you know, gradually been growing. Um, rock jr. Had a fight with Kenzie Morrison, the late Tommy Morrison's son. Yeah. Um, a couple of years ago. And that one was, I think for a, for a international belt, I'm not sure. Lost that one and then got his way into the influencer scene by, having a fight scheduled with Jake Paul. Oh, okay. He, he was supposed to fight Jake Paul at what weight? So that was a big issue, and that's why the fight ended up not happening. Jake was supposed to fight Tommy Fury a couple of times before he actually fought him. And there was once where Tommy Fury pulled out of the fight 
late, super late notice because of some traveling visa issues. Jake and Rock had sparred before, years beforehand. Hmm. And um, I guess they knew his camp really well, and they offered it to Rock Jr., and they were like, we're going to do it at 200 and Rock has never like I don't know I don't remember the last time he fought that light, but he was like I can make the weight I can make it. What does he weigh normally? Long story, he's a bridger weight, so two twenty five, two thirty. Okay, out of camp probably two forty. Like he he's a big dude, you know. Um, and when you walk up next to him, he's he like you're a big dude, Chris. You and him would probably be around that same kind of size, but there's, he's just he he walks around with a lot of weight on him, you know. There's a reason I'm asking this question. He got a little upset at me. <laughs> yeah, I know. I figured. I figured when you brought the name up. But he, um, anyway, it ended up being, the weight ended up being a massive issue. They couldn't get the weight. He, I don't know if he, he missed it. I think he did. I think he missed weight, and they ended up calling the whole fight off, right? But because Rock got that opportunity, and I think really because he was such a great marketer of the fight with Jake, like he was talking that shit to Jake, like this, this, why are you doing this? You're a bitch, all this. Happy Punch signed him. Okay. And Happy Punch got him on one of the first uh, Misfits events where he fought Greg Hardy. I don't know if you saw that fight. I did, yeah. So he fought Greg Hardy, and Greg walked in there at about 300 pounds. Big dude. <laughs> Big dude. And he was originally supposed to fight Vitor Belfort. Belfort couldn't do it. So they got Greg in there, and Rock said yes, and Greg ended up outweighing him by about 80 pounds. Man. And just, you know, that put that power on him and put him down and, and ended up winning that fight. But... Uh, yeah, so he was supposed to fight Alan Belcher, had something wrong with his arm, but that's a fight you're looking at, potentially? No, nah, I mean, so I, I I vaguely knew of him. I know of his dad, obviously. Um, but yeah. then I, I was seeing him in the influencer scene and yada, yada. He's I, trying. Yeah, He's trying. he was supposed to fight Belcher, right? So Belcher and I talked yep. quite a bit, and Belcher sent me him, so I watched videos, sent a breakdown to him, everything. <laughs> and then it comes to, you know, when they were at the fight, Belcher's yeah. like, oh, I'm fighting this other guy. He pulled out. Yeah. Yada, yada. And, you know, he was there with, I don't know, what was it tendonitis or some shit? Like his elbow? Yeah, he showed the he showed the MRI, and the MRI said tendonitis. And I, listen, I'm not a fighter. Oh, I got tendonitis right now like, every fucking day. It sucks. <laughs> There's times, Maddie saw me earlier. I couldn't straighten my arm. Oh, yeah. Shit you're, happens. You were like, rough earlier. Um, yeah, so I was never going to be a guy that, and I don't know how serious or how severe, like how severe could it have been tendinosis? Could he have some tears? I don't know. So I was not going to be the one that's like, oh, this is not worthy of him pulling out, or it is. But yeah, I guess if if coming from a fighter like yourself, I'm sure everybody walks around with with aches and pains. Yeah, I mean, there's old ladies with tendonitis. Like that's the thing. It's a tennis <laughs> elbow. It. Uh, no, my thing was like, I'm like, how did he show up to the event after pulling out? And then still chirping. Cause like one thing you yeah. won't see is if I pull out of a fight, which I don't know if I've ever pulled out of a fight, maybe one, I think I dislocated my shoulder, um, yeah. like a few weeks before or whatever, maybe one, I don't even remember if I pulled out of that, but I fought with a broken nose, everything, whatever. That's all different, but you won't see me show up to the event still talking shit, right? I'll stay that home. I'll watch that on TV because it just, you look like a clown. If you show up, it's like, to me, Belcher's there and he's like, you're going to talk shit to me now. Like you were literally supposed to be fighting me tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, when they put out the poster for my fight against Lorenzo Hunt, he said, put me on the undercard in the comments. Okay. And I said, you didn't even show up to your fight with Belcher. Cause this, they put it out like a week or two after I'm like, you didn't even show yeah. up to your fight with Belcher. This sport's not for you. And then, Oof. yeah, he's 
I mean, I mean it. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. I just don't understand. Like, heal up, you know, be quiet, heal up, come back if your injury is that bad. Otherwise, like, don't be injured talking shit online at home and then yeah. you can't fight. Yeah, it's, you can't. That's, you can't do that because that, that was one to me. I was like, I, and I like Rock. Rock's my guy. You know, what I'm saying I, I help him with YouTube stuff and and all that. But that one was weird to me too. I was like, bro, they just told us that he's out of the fight. Why is he here and like trying to start something with the thing on his arm? I didn't. I didn't get that either. But yeah, I, I listen. I would love to see that crossover become more. Like if Rock wants to to do the whole go to bare knuckle, or I even heard him say something about MMA. I'm all for it, but. Let's get the fights going. You know what I mean? Like, let's do it. Yeah. Hey, listen, boxing, bare knuckle, MMA, let them know. I'll fight them. As long as it pays, I'll fight whoever pays. Like, that's <laughs> that's where I'm at. Like, it, at the end of the day, we got to get paid for our work. You 100%. Know, there's other guys that call me out, and I'm like, they literally will not pay me to fight you. Yeah. I won't even name have them, you. But, have you have you ever thought about doing a Misfits event? If it was against a legitimate name and something that you could, you know what I'm saying, you could be interested in and doing? Is it the promotion side of that? Would that be okay? Or would you be able to do that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I actually wrote MAMS before. He responded. Okay. I don't remember what he responded with, but I was like, man, I'm down to box. Like, if you got people, I'll come over. I Like I said, I think those are fun. To me, I'm 36, man. I, I, want, I like the idea of fun fights. Yeah. That are entertaining everything. Like, am I going to get back in the UFC? No. Am I going to become UFC champion? No. So like fun fights that pay, right? If I wanted just fun fights that didn't pay, I could go to the local bar or whatever, but right, you know, yeah, it's right, got to right. pay and it's got to be exciting. Like makes me interested and for sure train my ass off and let's see how it goes. You know? Well, listen, I, I still got ties over there, so I'll put in a good word, man. I think that they would, they would be happy to have you if they could find the right guy. <laughs> there we go. I'm in. Yeah, All bro. right. Well, I won't take up too much of your time, but so normally we do a thing called the comfort zone, right, where I have three questions. Okay. It's for our sponsor, Sheath Underwear. I don't know if you've ever worn them. Okay. They, uh, have you ever heard of Sheath Underwear? Yeah, of course. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, they protect the balls. They got separate pouches for got to. the twig and berries. Um, got to. So we normally do three uncomfortable questions in the most comfortable okay. underwear, but I just have one for you. I see you turning red a little bit right now. I'm just waiting on it. Bro. Go ahead. All right. So I need pure honesty out of this. Mm -hmm. All right. I want you to break down my fight with Lorenzo hunt. No, okay. bi no bias. Not cause I'm sitting here on camera. Right. Break it down for me. Essentially what I see in this fight I've watched Lorenzo. He's a very hard power puncher, right? He's got bricks in his hands. I, I don't know. I, I watched the fight where he got dropped and then ended up winning the belt yeah. like in the next punch. What I think you do, just from watching, once I got introduced to you, I went through the full catalog. I just went down the list. I was like, oh, what are we saying with Chris? There's a lot of losses think, in there. <laughs> there's a lot. I mean, but listen, same with Lorenzo, right? I, he fought in MMA, wasn't a, didn't have a great career in MMA, but I think what you do does give him some problems. I think power at both of your guys' weight division is obviously an issue. Like you touch on the button, it's it's done. But I think you close distance in a more safe way than I think guys that want to trade with him do. Legitimately, I'll say this, and Lorenzo's gonna hate me because I just it is what it is. I think you beat Lorenzo. Me too. Yes, me three. <laughs> <laughs> I think you beat him because there's the, there's the gap closing issue that I think he has where he'll sit down with big time power and wing shots, but you're here still, your eyes are up, and in very close proximity, you're staying safe. Whether that's really close in the clinch and keeping that chin tucked and burying that head and chest, or making your way into range by using head movement and, and jabbing your way in. I thought that 
remember the last guy you hit with a left hook and put him away. Like you came away in that fight literally unscathed, and that's rare to do in, in bare knuckle. So I thought uh, when I looked at this fight, and then I talked to my guy BJ Flores about it because he's you know he's he's with with Lorenzo. I was like, oh, okay, my boy Chris is getting the shot at the title. So I, I genuinely think if you're able to control distance, which is so hard to do in that sport, but if you are and you're able to stay safe inside, I think the openings are there. I like it. How does he win? Big time power catching you on the way in. On the way in. All right. All right. Yeah, Noted. Like he's got a monster right hand. You know what I mean? Like he does. Yeah. No, he's got a ton of power. Chris's like knuckles that. are gigantic. <laughs> I always I, that's say the thing too. every day. I'm like, dude, when I, when I, for this. when I shake these guys' hands, like Chris too, I'm like, Jesus Christ, what are y'all made of? Because I did the same with Lorenzo and he's got a mallet for a right hand. And I'm like, my God. Yeah, he does. And he doesn't, and he's in good shape for 40 too. So he, he'll sneak up on you. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, definitely. I'm not taking it lightly at all. I'm excited about this fight. I've said before, you know, if this was MMA, nobody would even look at it. He was three and four in MMA and, you know, right. I, I don't even know if they would sanction it, but this isn't MMA. This is a totally different sport. This is kind of his world that I'm new to. So I'm really excited for it. It's funny that you mentioned BJ Flores because I didn't know if you knew who that was. I didn't know who yeah, he was. Yeah, my guy. He DM'd me last night, actually. He's Lorenzo's coach, right? Or manager? I don't know or... if he's his coach, but I think he, he helps manage him in some way. Oh, okay. He DM'd me last yeah. night. It was it was really nice, actually. Shout out to BJ Flores. He just said, hey, everything you're doing is great. You're looking awesome. We are looking forward to a great fight on September 27th. It was real classy. He's the man, that. dude. Yeah. He's the most, one of the most classy guys. I mean, for people that don't know, BJ was a world championship level contender in boxing, fought... Um, Oh, who do you fight? Tony Bellew for the belt way back when. Um, and actually won a belt too. Um, I remember what I think he was a cruiserweight at the time. But yeah, he's been in the game a long time. I actually coached Jake Paul for a while too. So he's he's one of the like genuinely in this scene, one of the nicest dudes, the most respectful and knowledgeable boxing guys. Yeah, it was funny. I actually reread it like three times and then I showed Whitney and I was like, because at first I didn't know how to take him. Like, wait, this is his I think he said manager. Coach yeah, or yeah. manager. And I was like, what's the What's the What's kicker the here? here? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then she's like, maybe he's just being nice. And I was like, yeah, I guess you're right. Like he reposted a story of me at mitts. And I, so then I just wrote him back like, thanks coach. Looking forward to it too. Like much respect, you know? So yeah, he's a that's great cool. Dude. Yeah, man. All right. Well, Hey, thank you so much for all your time. I know you're busy. You're traveling soon. Um, go right. ahead. Plug your, plug your channel. Where can people find you? What's next for you in the next show? Anything you yeah, want? Yeah, man. Uh, obviously Wade concepts is the main channel, the breakdown podcast, myself and face sensei. You guys can see me there, um, at Wade Plim on all socials. I'll be in Orlando this coming week. I'll be in Arizona the next, uh, whatever happens going forward. I'm, I'm always open and available for booking, man. So hit me up people out there promotions. I'm ready to commentate. Hit this man up. I might have a few things for y'all text you about too. Yeah. Come um, to Denver, dude. How, uh, down with it. I want to do one of these weight casts with you one time. I want to do like a dual yes, like breakdown. Bro. Let's do it. Yes, I'm always down. That's one of the things I said to Bear Knuckle. I was like, give me somebody else on here to go back and forth with. That'd be great. Yeah. No, I, I thought about that over the weekend too. I'm like, that'd be fun to like have a go back and forth, even if we're both at home and it's like virtual. Yeah. It'd be fun. Well, I'm down with it, man. You already know. All right, man. Well, I will see you soon. Thank you so much for coming on. And uh, yeah, we appreciate you. You're killing it. Thanks, brother. Thanks, brother.